Chapter 23 of Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years 1807-8. to This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avayi in May 2020. Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years 1807-8 to by William Walker, Jr. Chapter 23. Sir William Herschel, Doctor of Civil Law, Fellow of the Royal Society, etc. Born November 15, 1738. Died August 23, 1822. Authentic particulars respecting both the early and private life of this great astronomer are sadly deficient. His scientific works are, however, of a worldwide reputation, and it is with these that we are chiefly concerned. William Herschel was born at Hanover, and was one of a numerous family, who supported themselves chiefly by their musical talents. At the age of fourteen, William was placed, it is said, in the band of the Hanoverian Regiment of Guards, which he accompanied to England at a period variously stated from 1757 to 1759. On his arrival he remained for some time at Durham, and was subsequently, for several years, organist at Halifax, where he was also employed in teaching music and studying languages. At length, about the year 1766, he found himself in comparatively easy circumstances, as organist of the Octagon Chapel at Bath. Here Herschel began to study earnestly the science of astronomy, and feeling the necessity of obtaining a good telescope, the purchase of which would be beyond his means, he determined to make one himself. After many trials he succeeded in 1774 in executing with his own hands a reflecting telescope, and soon acquired so much dexterity as to construct instruments of ten and twenty feet in focal length. In the year 1780 he contributed his first paper, on the variable star in Cetus, to the Royal Society, and on the 13th of March 1781 announced to the world his discovery of a supposed comet, which, on further examination, proved to be a planet exterior to Saturn, now named Uranus. This fortunate success was the first addition to the number of primary planets since a period of an immemorial antiquity, and it speedily made the name of Herschel famous. George III took the new astronomer under his protection, and attached him to his court, bestowing on him the title of astronomer to the king, with a salary of £400 a year. It is difficult to estimate the amount of benefit thus conferred on astronomy by the award of this pension, for nothing short of the entire devotion of a lifetime could have produced such results as we owe to Herschel. His contributions to the philosophical transactions alone amount to sixty-nine in number, and may give some idea of the unwearied activity of the author. They range over a period of thirty-five years commencing in 1780 and terminating in 1815. The numerous bodies which he added to the solar system make that number half as large again as he found it. 
including Halley's Comet and the four satellites of Jupiter and five of Saturn, the number previously known was eighteen, to which Herschel added nine, namely Uranus and six satellites and two satellites of Saturn. His discovery of the rotation of Saturn's ring, his measurements of the rotation of Saturn and Venus, his observations of the belts of the former, and his conjectural theory, derived from observation, of the rotation of Jupiter's satellites, with a large number of minor observations, proved that no one individual ever added so much to the facts on which our knowledge of the solar system is founded. His leading discoveries in sidereal astronomy include the discovery of binary systems of stars, and the orbits of several revolving stars, the discovery and classification of a prodigious multitude of nebulae, the law of grouping of the entire firmament and its connection with the great nebula of the Milky Way, and lastly, the determination of the motion of our sun and system in space and the direction of that motion. Herschel's magnificent speculations on the Milky Way, the constitution of nebulae, etc., first opened the road to the conception that what was called the universe was, in all probability, but a detached and minute portion of that fathomless series of similar formations which ought to bear the name. Imagination roves with ease upon such subjects, but before Herschel's observations, even that daring faculty would have rejected ideas which afterwards proved to be but sober philosophy. These great and arduous inquiries occupied Herschel during nearly the whole of his scientific career, extending to almost half a century, and, accepting the continuation of his labours by his illustrious son, Sir John, little has been added to our knowledge of the constitution of the heavens since his death. As an optician, Herschel deserves equal notice for the wonderful improvements which he effected in the dimensions and magnifying power of telescopes, and by the skill with which he applied them to celestial observations. The reflecting telescope was the one to the improvement of which he so successfully devoted himself, and the real secret of his success in this was his astonishing perseverance, his determination being to obtain telescopes of twenty feet focal length or more, and of a perfection equal or superior to the small ones then in use. He himself relates that whilst at Bath he had constructed two hundred specula of seven feet focus, one hundred fifty of ten feet, and about eighty of twenty feet, a proof of extraordinary resolution in a man of limited means, and at that time engaged in a laborious profession. Herschel at last succeeded in constructing his enormous telescope of forty feet focal length, which he erected in the grounds of his house at Slough. This instrument was begun in 1785, and finally completed on August 28, 1789, on which day Herschel discovered with it the sixth satellite of Saturn, the diameter of the tube was four feet ten inches, the speculum having a useful area of four feet, the total cost was four thousand pounds, which was entirely defrayed by the liberality of George III. After the award of the King's pension, Sir William Herschel fixed his residence at Slough, near Windsor, his family consisting at first of one of his brothers and his sister, Miss Caroline Herschel, 
who was his co-adjutor and assistant in his computations and reductions, and was also actively employed in astronomical observation, being the discoverer of more than one comet. Herschel married a widow lady, Mrs. Mary Pitt, and left one son, the present Sir John, whose name has long been known to the public as one of the most active and successful adherents of science that our day has produced. Dr. J. D. Forbes thus sums up the philosophical character of Sir William Herschel. He united, in a remarkable degree, the resolute industry which distinguishes the Germans with the ardour and constancy which has been thought characteristic of the Anglo-Saxon. From his native country he brought with him the boldness of speculation which has long distinguished it, and it is probable that he had also a vigorous and even poetical imagination. Yet he was ever impatient until he had brought his conjectures to the test of experiment and observation of the most uncompromising kind. He delighted to give his data a numerical character, and where this was, by their nature, impossible, he confirmed his descriptions by reiterated observation, in different states of weather, with different telescopes, apertures, and magnifying powers, and with praiseworthy fidelity he enabled his readers to form their own judgment of the character of his results, by copious and literal transcripts from his journals. Herschel died peacefully at Slough, at the advanced age of eighty-three, on the 23rd of August, 1822, only one year after the publication of his latest memoir in the Transactions of the then recently formed Astronomical Society, of which he was the first president. Sixth Dissertation by James David Forbes, Doctor of Civil Law, Fellow of the Royal Society, etc., Encyclopedia Britannica, 8th edition, English Cyclopedia, London, 1856, Wells History of Royal Society. End of chapter 23